Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. Today, I'm joined by Sophie Cafola, founder of Swork & Co and co-founder of Wonder Crew. And we are going to talk all about Sophie's journey, the entry into bricks and mortar and much more beyond that. Sophie, thanks very much for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. Now, I am very interested about your story, especially because recently I've seen a lot of children's wear brands cease trading, close their doors. But you're going back into bricks and mortar and you've opened or you've co-founded another brand, Wonder Crew, which we'll talk about as well. Talk to me about how Stork & Co started. So we started it six years ago now. And I originally started it with my sister, who is an obstetrician. So we decided to do pre-packed hospital bags. So we were doing a mum bag and a baby bag. And I was designing the clothing for the baby bag. And it was originally called the Stork Box. So obviously Vicky had a huge amount of knowledge into what was needed for hospital bags. And I had a real passion for retail, fashion. It wasn't actually my background. My background was events and marketing. But I always wanted to have my own business. I just didn't know what it was. And it was when I had my daughter, Vicky and myself were passion around ideas and thought, okay, this could be something. So we started it and we got a really good response. But what we found was people were actually buying the hospital bags as gifts. Like a lot of corporates were buying it for people going on mat leave or just family and friends thinking it was a great gift idea. So we then decided, okay, maybe the gift market is where we position ourselves. So we looked at other offerings we could bring in. So um, we were very fortunate to find a fantastic factory to work with from the get-go. It was also a family-run one. So we started testing other products, doing more clothing, and just creating more gift options for new baby. And that's kind of where it first started. And then... It was in 2020. Well, let me just take you back a bit then. As I think that it's always really interesting about how people start that journey in the first place. And I know that you said you were initially in events and marketing mm-hmm. and that it was on your mat leave that you start or that you start to think about it. Did you leave the job straight away? Did you go back to work after mat leave? No, I went back to work after mat leave and we started the business. So it was very much like my lunch break. I was running back to the house, packing the box and bringing it up to the post office. It yeah. was crazy. Like, But, you know, we needed to test the market and, and make sure that we could generate a salary from it. You know, a lot of things you're not going to put a huge investment in until you know that it's worth your while. And that's one thing that I think is so important from the get-go is know your numbers. You need to know what you need to sell to be able to pay one or two salaries or bring someone into the business. Like there's no point having a business just for the sake of it. Like, you know, ultimately it takes time away from my family. So I need to make sure that what I'm doing is going to generate revenue to fund your family. So Absolutely. Very much we, we tested it on the side until we could prove that it was a working model. 
And how long did that take for you to, you know, you're still working in, how long did you stay working in your event job while you were running? It was definitely a year. It might've even been 18 months. Yeah. It's a really good lesson for people that are listening that learning your mistakes, but then still getting it, being able to get a salary from somewhere else and, you know, having that time to experiment a little bit without the pressure of, there is obviously still a pressure, do you know what I mean? But without the pressure of, I have to do this or else I can't make my mortgage or I can't, you know. And we're, at at the time, we were a household of two, well, sorry, I wasn't an entrepreneur at the time, but my husband is an entrepreneur. So like he had his own business. So when I left my job and it was dependent on the business, it was very much like, okay, so who's paying the bills this month? Like, you know, you do have such pressure in a household like that. So yeah, there was kind of added pressure, I think, from that. So you started with the the stork box and the the you know the pregnancy gifting and that sort of things. And you were telling me before we started recording that you rebranded. When did that happen? So in 2019, I started to notice that a lot of people were saying, "What's in the box?" or you know, like just not understanding that it was a brand and that we were actually manufacturing and designing the products ourselves. And we had started to get interest from uh, stockists. So I wanted to make sure that before we went into that side of the wholesale side of business, that everything was scalable. So I was like, okay, I think maybe let's take a step back and look at rebranding. So we didn't want to go too far away from what we were because we did have a good customer base. So we just decided to rebrand it to Stork & Co. And it was relatively seamless. Some people still call us the stork box, but it was a a seamless transition. But it just meant that we had the option to grow. One piece of advice I would definitely give to anyone is just be careful when you're naming your company, because we kind of pigeonholed ourselves into boxes and gifting and not having been able to do just all clothing that didn't always have to come in a box. So, you know, you do want to make sure you give yourself room for growth because I remember when my dad was giving me advice when we first started he said you know it's going to take you two and a half to three years to figure out who you are and a lot of the time it's your customers who will tell you what you have become or what you need to become and I always had that in from a business strategy point of view I had that in my mind but I didn't think of it when we were naming it. Yeah and you mentioned your dad there you're from a family of entrepreneurs you know were they surprised when you said that you were going to do this no my parents have always been my biggest supporters my dad is an entrepreneur and his family are either entrepreneurs or um, medics and my sister was a medic so (laughs) it was more (laughs) about to be the business person so yeah no it was very much I always wanted to own my own business I just didn't quite know what it was going to be and I obviously was working in events and then I took a year out um, to go to Australia. And when I came back, I did actually set up my own event company and I was doing weddings and corporate things. And then it was through that, like I used to do Web Summit and Taste of Dublin. And then it was actually Taste of Dublin who approached me to come in-house. And I just thought, oh, do you know what? I had um, a small child at the time. I was like, no, I think, yeah, this this is worth exploring. So I kind of went in that route. And events is something where, you know, the hours aren't great. Mm-hmm. And I worked in hospitality. So I knew from a family point of view that that wasn't really sustainable. But like, little did I know. Yeah. Here, you have no you work, yeah, exactly. You work for yourself and yeah. you go to working more hours. So exactly. your hourly wage is probably it sometimes becomes less at that beginning, yeah. at that beginning stage. So you brought us up to 
2019 in terms of what you were doing with the business. And is that when you opened the bricks and mortar? No. So we did all the planning of the rebranding in 2019. And then in January of 2020, we fully rebranded it. And then I did my first trade show. I did Showcase in the yes, which was amazing. Great experience. I And actually, what I love about those shows is the other entrepreneurs that you meet, you learn yeah. so much from each other. And like the people that I was part of, uh, Dublin City Local Enterprise Office, and the people that I was with, like their businesses were totally different. One was um, Copper Creation and one was like jewellery. But you can talk about, you know, Shopify, shipping things, logistics, like what you learn is amazing. So that was great. But then obviously I got to meet so many stockists and loads of people ordered. I thought, fantastic. We're on such a great run. And then COVID hit. So obviously we shipped out some of the orders um, in February, but a lot of people weren't taking it until March or April because that's when they kind of restock the shops. And Loads of people cancelled their orders in March because they're like, we, we're closing. We don't know when we're opening. So I was like, oh, like just so disheartened. I was worried about even getting our stock in. But then we were lucky that our factory um, in Turkey continued to manufacture. And, you know, obviously there were delays and everything because they were being safe. But we were still fortunate that we could get stuff. And then our online business like was a steady business, but it just skyrocketed during COVID because everyone was shopping local and they would get anything. Mm-hmm. So I was so busy during COVID. Like it was actually really stressful, but great. But trying to homeschool my daughter at the time and picking and packing and trying to do everything else was torture. Yeah. But I couldn't complain because I was fortunate. Like my husband, as I said earlier, was in hospitality. So like that just totally went away so it was really difficult time but we decided we got an opportunity in June of 2020 to take a bricks and mortar store and I had done pop-ups like I did a pop-up in Still Oregon I think in 2018 over Christmas time and I'd done shows and I knew there was value in it but I was like Do you know what now's the time we are generating good revenue let's try it we obviously got it at a good rate because it was during covid but we found it was just so beneficial to the company obviously you know there was periods where we were closed and you know you were standing two meters away from your customers but what i find having a store is you learn so much from your customers it like there's only so much you can get online you're analyzing you're tracking but there's nothing like someone coming in going do you have socks like no it's like, okay. and if enough people are asking, it warrants, yeah. okay, let's look at manufacturing socks or it's those kind of things. Or even from the point of view of um, wholesalers, like when I did my very first show was gifted um, in the RDS and actually the buyer from Kilkenny came up to us. I didn't know she was a buyer and came up, had a look and she's just like, oh, the girls came over earlier and saw your stuff and really liked it. And she's like, we'd be really interested in stocking you. And I was like, oh my God, amazing. We like, we had just, I think we were maybe eight months in business at the time. And she was just like, yeah, but your packaging sucks. I was like, yeah. well, yeah, I'm an e-commerce business. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, But I was like, give me six weeks and I'll fix it. And yeah. I did. I went off, I sourced my boxes. I, you know, had beautiful swing tags. Everything was perfected within six weeks and went in and they've been a great stockist. Like, so, you know, I think sometimes people are so afraid of feedback. It's really what you can do with it. You can go, okay, that's a bit of negative feedback, but how can I learn from it and how can I improve? And that's always the mindset I've tried to keep. And I think really, you know, it's taking that feedback on because Mm. 
and particularly packaging, if you're an e-commerce brand or and you want to get into wholesale, you know, you've got to picture yourself on that shelf. How do you stack up against the other brands that are there? Does your packaging do your brand justice? And would you buy it or see it or notice it? If you were shopping that shop and it wasn't your brand, you know, it, it's so key. And this, I, when I was a buyer as well, it was one of the things that I would say to people. And it's very, you know, you have to be a little bit people are sensitive or whatever, you know, it's like, oh, no, you know, either your 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 packaging is not going to work or how do I stop this on? A, you know, how can we put this on a shelf? How can we whatever? But, you know, fair play that you were able to turn that round in in six weeks and just get yeah. to it. I kind of regretted saying six weeks ago, which is <laughs> yeah. I was about to say another thing: don't overpromise. <laughs> I know. Yeah, she was so lovely, though. I have to say, they were really supportive when we first started out. So uh, again, we were really fortunate. Like she gave me great advice about being in store, and and that's another thing, you know, surrounding yourself with people who will give you the right advice or the real experience that comes with setting up your own business because it's not easy. Like it really isn't. Are you ready to scale your e-commerce store? Want to do it without having to wear yet another hat and become a digital marketing expert? This episode is brought to you by Neon Digital Clicks, the paid traffic partner for family and women's e-commerce brands wanting to scale their stores from five-figure to six-figure months using Meta, Google and Klaviyo marketing services. Neon is offering listeners a free scaling audit worth £3,000. So whether your sales have plateaued or you're looking for growth, this is a great opportunity to lift the lid on your business and identify where the opportunities are hiding. Head to scalingglow.com to discover just how much revenue you could scale your store to this year. So you've reopened again recently in Donnybrook in Dublin, which is a very yeah. nice suburb. It's not a suburb of Dublin. What would you call it? It's a little village. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's the first kind of suburb outside of the city centre, really. Yeah. Yeah. So... And like I said at the beginning, there's so many, particularly kids wear businesses that are shutting and, you know, retail outlets that are closing. What made you kind of go back into it again? Obviously, you had a good experience when you first did it. Were you worried? Were you scared? What was your thoughts? Yeah, I was because especially like we've gone into a new build. So there was considerable capital needed. We got it as shell and core. So we had to literally completely fit it out. Like there wasn't a wire or plumbing anywhere. It was literally concrete. So that was very stressful. And I did consider, I was like, is this the right move? You know, I was really nervous about it. But when we ultimately looked at it, like it was such an important part of our business that generated revenue and gave us the feedback to grow and that we thought, no, okay, it's worth it. You know, it is in a good area. We had tested that area before. So we knew that we could bring in the sales. And we've kind of expanded our offering even more. We're no longer just our own brand. We have brought in brands that complement ours because people are coming in buying for baby, but they want to buy sibling gifts. And we were, we manufacture teddies and backpacks and stuff like that. But, you know, there's only so much we could do. And when you're manufacturing, your minimums are huge, especially with toys. There's a huge amount of testing and patients that you have to get. You know, it was taking up a lot of time and a lot of capital that we decided, okay, do we need to manufacture everything? Like, you know, people don't go in and go, oh, I'm only buying this brand. Sometimes they came in, they didn't know that we were a brand. They just liked the look of something. So they're like, okay, maybe it isn't, it doesn't have to be all of our own. So we've been lucky that we found really, really lovely brands. We've tried to stock as many Irish brands in store as well, because I think it's really important to support locally. And then we found some really nice kids interior toys that kind of go up to more eight to 12, even to 12 years. 
And so it's making it more a full family and gift brand, not just baby. It's quite a big space as well, isn't it? I've seen it online. It's a big space. Yeah, it's 1,300 square feet. So yeah, it's it's large. But it's funny, like we always think, oh gosh, it's so huge. How are we going to fill it? And then we open up and we're like, where are we going to put this? <laughs> you just, it's funny, like, you just, you, you'll fill it. So yeah, no, we're excited for the next year anyway. And obviously a business comes with its ups and downs. What do you think have been, what's been the lowest point when you look back over your experience with at trading and in business with Stork & Co.? And yeah. how did you get past that? To be honest, there's been many lows. Like, oh, like when we first started, we did markets. Like I went to some of the markets. I went to Herbert Park. I went to the one in Rathfarnham. And like some days if it was raining, like it takes you so long to set them up. And especially a lot of what we had was clothing. So the amount of stock that I used to have to bring, you're setting it up, you're away from your kids for the day. And you might sell two things. Like I remember, mm. Kate, I remember coming home one day and I sat in the bed and I just bawled. <laughs> and in fairness, again, I was really fortunate because my husband has owned his own business. So he knows the ups and downs. He's just like, it's okay. It comes in waves. Like you're going to have your high nets. Like, you know, just keep at it. It takes time. And I don't think there's any, like, there's no one who's lucky. It's all about timing. It's about being persistent. It's just, you know, you have to keep at it. There's other things like we've we've made, you know, some products and you put your heart and soul into them and then you don't get the reaction that you were hoping for. And then you're thinking, oh, how am I going to get rid of this stock? So you're yeah. putting it on sale and you're going, what am I going to do? So, you know, it's just about knowing that you are going to have that with business. Not everything is going to be a success. It's making sure that you take those failures and you learn from them and you can just m- progress. And obviously, you know, obviously don't make a really bad financial yeah. um, thing because then we had a business. So it's like you're managing your risks as well. But yeah, like own your risk. I Like when any of my friends come to me and say, oh, I'm thinking of this, I'm like, you know, well done, but just know like it is not easy. And I try and give as much advice as I possibly can. And I think that's really important because if someone can learn from your mistake and not do it, you know, you know, putting good karma out there, it's it'll come back to you. And with the a lot of pressure setting up the shop as well the last you know 12 months hmm. was, was there any point that you thought we've made a mistake or was it just that no I know this is a good idea we did this before we can do it again yeah I think the kind of reservation I had was before I signed the lease I was like oh is this the right thing to do what should we do oh, like it's you know it's a 10-year lease like I'm gonna be 47 <laughs> the lease is up is this what I'm gonna be doing like you do weigh yeah. all this stuff, but the minute I, I decided, okay, no, I'm going to do it. You know, there was no point thinking, is this a mistake? You have it. How yeah. are we going to make this work? What are the next steps? What do we have to do? You know, you know, do we need to pivot? Do we need to add more things in? And it's about planning the next kind of 18 months to ensure that we continue to have the momentum that we had when we first opened. Yeah. And how are you bringing your community in? I think a lot of, with, with retail at, particularly now it's about customers having a great experience, you know, getting the community or your locality involved. Are there certain things that you're doing to help drive that? I know that it's still quite new, but have you got things planned? Yeah, so we have a PWR plan in place that will be starting in February. So that would be very much just to get the word out there. Like I still think there is value in newspapers and radio, especially our customers kind of 
really range in age because we have the new mums or people gifting them. So that could be anywhere, kind of, you know, our stats are around 28 years upwards, but then we also have the grandparents and a lot of the community in in Donnybrook would be a little bit older as well. So, you know, I think that we need to have a very varied PR campaign that media um, is still important. We do a lot on social. We've been a lot more consistent since we opened Google ads would be a big driver for us. I think with, especially for the gifting market, Google ads are really important. And then like we're even looking at doing flyer drops in the area and connecting with the local schools. Like there are a lot of schools, like we've added in um, what we call the sweet suite. So we have like a sweet section and it's very much for, you know, Fridays after school, you come in with your friends, get sweets. And also because like in my uh, daughter's school, everyone's birthday who's in that month goes together and they plan one party for the whole um, class for that month. And you only give a five euro gift but a lot of the time like you're giving a fiver but the card is costing you 350 it's such a waste of money so we've done like happy birthday cards where you can have a five euro sweet voucher with the card free of charge so it's all these little things that can come in and making it experiential and fun for the kids to come in like we've painted some of our doors chalkboards the kids can play while their parents are shopping you know having those little elements is really important you know people want to have an experience when they come in store and one thing that has been really stood to us is our packaging and um, like people know us for our beautiful packaging and it's making sure that people come in and they can get that really nice gift box that ends up in the nursery. Like my daughter still uses one of our old boxes for her LOLs. Like it's yeah. stood the test of time. And <laughs> um, it's having those things that, you know, it really is about the experience. Like we personalize a lot of our items. So you can personalize bibs, towels, blankets. And it's those extra touches that people love and go, oh, that's a really special gift. And we always want to create that wow factor. So we have lots of plans in place to kind of build on that as well. Yeah, I think it's bringing that community together in a way is a really, you know, and doing certain things, whether it's little events that are happening in store or talks or something like that, especially for like new mums, because it can be such, it depends where you live or what your kind of community is like. But being a new mom can be a really lonely time as well. And you're supposed to know what you're doing, but you have no clue. Yeah, we used to do, when we first started, we did a good few events. Now, obviously, we didn't have a store. We used to just rent spaces because obviously Vicky is an obstetrician. So her knowledge is phenomenal. And then we bring in some nutritionists and health experts and fitness experts for during pregnancy and post-pregnancy. So there's definitely a plan in place where we're trying to integrate that into the store as well, because it is really nice to have that place where you can meet other mums so yeah no it's definitely part of that great and what do you think has been your proudest moment I suppose to be honest like an emotional point of view when someone you see someone like baby is wearing your bib or has your little snuggling your teddy like it's really it is a way moment where you go wow like they they love that and you know you're getting good feedback it's it's really special and then from a business point of view I suppose like being able to get stockists, being able to open a bricks and mortar store, employing staff, you know, that's a big milestone where it's no longer just you, you're able to support other people. So, you know, there's pressure that comes with that too. It is amazing to to see the milestones coming and going, okay, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of what we've built. So for many people, one business is enough. <laughs> one bricks and mortar place is enough and all that on all the 
the challenges that come with that and the hard work and the rewards. But you recently co-founded Wonder Crew with Tara. Tell us about Wonder Crew and how that came about. So it came about again through COVID. <laughs> I had only known Tara through Instagram. She had been really good. She had like posted some gifts that she received from us and obviously connected and said, thank you. And we just started talking and we decided to meet up. It was outdoors, two meters apart, because it's height of COVID, very strange. And we just really connected. We were both very similar. We actually found out that we were in UCD at the same time. We're born the same year. It's like just family is so important to us. We have a really tight-knit group of friends. So we wanted to create a brand that had all those qualities about you know being a crew like having your family and your friends that support you and we both obviously had a keen interest in fashion so we just said okay well will we try something so we did we spent a good while hashing out like ideas and we were looking at interior stuff and and kids and and then we decided okay well we'll start with a clothing range and um we went out to turkey to my manufacturer and we spent a couple of days there looking at all the materials, looking at all the processes and picked the range that we were going to do. I'm very fortunate. My my aunt has worked in fashion um, for years and her husband um, and their daughter are huge designers. So we were able to work with some of their previous team on doing our technical specs and all of that. So we we were in a really good place and just said, you know, let's go for it. And then we launched in May. So a year and a half, well, nearly two years. And yeah, it was great. Like the you know, obviously Tara is Tara Makeup, so she has a huge following, but she has a huge following for makeup. So, you know, it wasn't exactly her remit. So we just said, you know, let's let's try this and see how it goes. And the response that we got straight away was so positive. Like day one was insane. And obviously I wasn't used to that instant success. Yeah, um, she had such a great following that loved her style, and she's just a gorgeous person that people really connect with her. So we were really fortunate that yeah, it started really well. And what does the future hold for both Stork and Co. and Wonderfree? So Wonderfree is a totally different business model. I don't foresee that we will have a bricks and mortar store not anytime soon. Anyway, we are very much e-commerce and. We've kind of, I look after more the logistical side, the financing side. We're both very involved in the design process. And then obviously Tara would be far more involved in the marketing because that would be her expertise. So, you know, we collaborate really, really well. Like there's no confrontations at all, which is great. We very much have the same vision of how we want to grow. We've really found our groove. Our t-shirts and our sweaters have been really, really successful. Like, We've sold out, I think I said the first drop for sweat, sweater sold out in 24 hours. Like, yeah. that was insane. Like, we just didn't anticipate it at all. Like, we're so, so grateful that it's been well received. But obviously, with that comes challenges because we want to be able to keep up with the demand. But then, from a cash flow point of view, you're nervous putting all your eggs into one basket, going, okay, is, is it going to continue to grow? So, there is risk there. But we've kind of, we found the products that have really connected with people and we see why they really connect. I think when we did our first drop, 
we tried to please too many people and do too much of a range. And mm-hmm. um, whereas now, like we've stuck to like, my whole wardrobe is is black and white. Like and Tara's style is very edgy. Like we've really honed in on what we personally love, and thankfully others have seemed to really really like it as well. So we have a lot more of those styles of products to come over the next year. And then it's just to continue to grow that, that, you know, we can start to employ more people. We can start to, you know, do more events or things like that. Because obviously at the moment with a new business, you really have to watch every part of it. You need to be analyzing, you need to know your numbers, you need to make sure cash flow is okay so that you can do the orders. You know, there's a lot that comes with it, whereas store can go is in a different position. Like it's in a different path bricks and mortar is definitely going to be something that we continue i don't know whether we'll have more than one store i think probably having one at the moment is sufficient the next protocol really would be trying to look at the export market like we're on fair and we do send to america canada france germany and um, but maybe looking at trade shows and um, yeah. like again we had looked at doing that in 2020 but then obviously all the trade shows internationally stopped for that year and then when we had gone down to the retail path, we thought, okay, maybe let's hold off on the export. It's it's a different beast. Let's get this right. But that's probably something that we'll go back and look at now. Great. And for those that are thinking of doing something or are at the beginning of their journey, what advice would you give? I think know your numbers, especially if it's a product base. Make sure that you have the margin if you want to go into wholesale. You know, start off as you mean to go on because you don't want to continue to just increase your prices as you grow. Your customers will get annoyed. Surround yourself by really good people. Talk to as many people as you can in the industry that you're looking at. You'll find like, well, I find anyway, that people are really open. They're really honest. And, you know, if someone's established they want to help someone else get established. Like it, it really is. It's a it's a full circle. Like I remember again, my husband would used to always say, like there was I think two bars opening on the road where he had a bar, and I was like, oh my god, is that not terrible? Like it's going to be a competitor, and he's like, no, because then an area is, becomes known for having loads of bars, so it would ultimately bring more people. Like I think this whole when people are like, oh, women in business, you know, competitors or bitchiness or, you know, you can't be the same industry and be friends. It's not true. There's room for everyone. Be true to what you believe in. And then, you know, your path will keep growing. Don't worry about the other people because they're in their own lane. Stick to what you're doing. And I think that definitely was the best piece of advice he ever gave me. Amazing. And where can people find Stork & Co and Wonder Creek? So Stork Co is stork-co.com and we're stork.co on Instagram. And then Wonder Crew is just wondercrew.com and wondercrew on Instagram. Thank you so much. I'll be back again next week with another great guest. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Start, Scale, Succeed. If you've enjoyed today, I would love for you to leave a review and I will see you again next week. If you'd like to hear more from me, your host, Nicole Higgins, you can follow me on Instagram at The Buying Retail Coach. Check out my website, www.thebuyingretailcoach.com or find me on LinkedIn. All the links are below in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to my newsletter, The Step, for lots of helpful tips and advice.